We do welcome you today. Thank you, Jeff. Such a powerful time of, of worship, and thank you for just enthusiastically praising the Lord. I got tears in my eyes as I just turned to my left, and I could see people just their arms raised to the Lord, and, and Mark, Jared was right there with them. I mean, both hands just stretched up to heaven, uh, praising God. And so I just, uh, just want to come alongside you today and encourage you, uh, church family, and our walk with the Lord. Just so much to be thankful for today. Not only our nation's uh, you know, celebrating our birthday, but also, as Jeff said earlier, just the, the pristine honor and privilege that we have to worship God freely uh, in America. And I just never, ever want to take that uh, for granted because millions and millions of believers all over the globe, they don't have this honor and this privilege. And so we're grateful to God for it. And we celebrate. And I hope you're having a wonderful Fourth uh, of July uh, weekend. And so uh, glad that you're here. Glad that we can uh, get back into the Word of God and, and study together. If you have your phone or if your tablet, if you want to uh, just click the share button, that'd be great for you online as well as those of us uh, in the building here. Because <clears throat> I looked last week and I don't know how many thousands of people viewed our service, but a lot of that is due to you and me. I've already done it. Just click the little share button on Facebook. I'll give you a moment just to do that. That helps us a lot, not only here in the in the sanctuary, but also those of you that are watching online. And by the way, those of you that are watching online, God bless you. We're honored uh, that you are participating with us here at Great Hills. We are here, 10,500 Jollyville. You are there in whatever state, wherever you are, and we're grateful to the Lord. Speaking of being grateful, I just got to thank you, church family. Last week was such a, such a powerful time. We as a congregation, I'm going to read the text in a moment, but we were studying the Apostle Paul as he's journeying through um, on his way to Philippi and to meet Lydia um, in Macedonia. And um, Pastor Sasho, he was here, standing here uh, last week. He prayed a prayer of blessing over our church. And I just got to brag on you, church family, and thank you, David, for giving me the up-to-date information. $21,500 is what the congregation <laughs> blessed him with. So we thank you, Lord. I mean, he was, uh, he, he was just blown away in tears. And so we're grateful to God for the generosity uh, of Great Hills Baptist Church, and I appreciate it so very, uh, very much. And I know that, that those monies will go a long way there in Europe, Southeast Europe. Uh, two million people in the country of Macedonia, 2,000 believers. Anybody want to do the math on that real quick? What is that? That's 1% uh, believers in the whole country. And so here this man who was with us last week they have planted 30 evangelical churches. They are growing. They are reaching people. They have a school built. And I just could not be more proud of our church. In fact, uh, David told me before, before the service had even ended, we had $15,000. One person just wrote a check for $9,000 and said, here, let's give it to them. And that's, I just thank you for that. Praise the Lord for that. Okay, so let's read the Word of God together. We're in Acts chapter 16. We're in verses 11 through 15. And I didn't get very far at all in my sermon last week, so I want to pick back up where we left off last week. But I want to read the text again and then just get right back into the text where we were last week uh, in the study of God's Word. Y'all be so proud of me. Look what I hold in my hand. I got it. I got the pointer, right? I got the point. Here it is. Let me see if I can, if I can turn it on here. Oh, please. Yes. Please work. Yes. See it? See it and see it. All right, good. We're going to go to the maps here in just a minute if I don't break this thing, all right? All right, here we go. In verse 11 of Acts chapter 16, around 80, 50-ish, the Apostle Paul 
and Luke and Timothy and Silas, they are traveling. Praise God for their journey, the second missionary journey. They're on their way uh, to Thessaloniki, to Philippi, to Macedonia. God is going to be all over this journey, and people are going to be saved. The church is going to be birthed in Europe. And here it comes, therefore, sailing from Troas. We ran a straight course, Luke said, to Samothrace, uh, and the next day we came to Neapolis. That is the port city of Philippi, okay? And from there we went to Philippi, which is the protos. Uh, looking that word up, it's an interesting word, protos. It, may, it could mean the first, but really a better definition would be the preeminent or the best city uh, of that part of Macedonia. We would say, and Austin is the protos of Texas. We, we're the best, we're the, we're the greatest city. We're legends in our own mind, but hey, amen, that's us. All right, from there to Philippi, which is the Protoss city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. We talked about that last week, a colony, the freedom that they share. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, that would be on the Saturday, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer uh, was customarily made. And we sat down, Paul said, and Luke and Timothy and Silas, they sat there by the riverside. Um, I've been to this river, by the way, and I've literally looked at the very spot where what is about to happen is a watershed historic moment in Christendom. The first European convert to Christianity, it's about to go down right here, right now in this in this city in this place, we sat down and we spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us, a kuo. She kept on listening and processing and understanding us as we spoke to her. She was a seller of purple uh, from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God, and the Lord opened her heart. I just love that phrase. Don't you, church? We talked about this last week. Can we just talk about it again? When the Lord is working, when the Holy Spirit of God is operative and He's moving in a place, in a location, in a person's heart, or maybe even in the Mootville family, hallelujah, see these three precious kiddos follow the Lord in believers' baptism, and, and Thomas and Amy, God bless y'all for raising your kids in a, such a way that it's just the natural thing to want to, be, to belong to Christ and to belong to the family of God. And so the Lord is working, and He opened her heart to heed, to listen, to obey the things spoken by Paul. Now, Lydia's large and in charge, y'all. Watch this lady. I mean, she, she's something else. And when she and her household, her whole family, and some people that I read believe that the household there could mean uh, friends. It could mean uh, household employees, servants. It could mean the rest of her family. All of her household, they heard the Word of God and they were baptized. And then she begged us and she said, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come. Imperative verb in the Greek New Testament, come. She just, hey guys, she's not just asking <laughs> She's commanded. Do y'all know any women like that? Some of y'all, y'all know, know women like that. I mean, they're on fire for God. They are like, look, 
if you found me to be faithful, and, and Paul and the gang are not going to say, well, you don't think you're, we don't think you're faithful. We think you're unfaithful. No, they know she's been faithful, and so she's setting them up, right? If you've considered me to be faithful, then you come. Come to my house and stay. And the Bible says, so she persuaded or constrained us. And now it happened. Uh, as Oh, now it happened, verse 16. i got to stop, okay? Because verse 16, it, y'all see the words up there? Girl possessed with a demonic spirit of divination. So next week, that's we're going to launch right into this verse. And I said this last week, but let me say it again. This is why I love uh, this text uh, of chapter 16. I was recently talking to the dean of theology of this school at Liberty University during the Southern Baptist Convention. I met with this man, and, and we were talking, and, and, and we were, I was just talking about what I was preaching on. I said, I've been preaching the book of Acts for 18 years. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm just still in the, the book of Acts. And he said, well, where are you? And I said, well, I'm in chapter 16. And when I said that, he, he just had a moment. He just he, he looked at me, his eyes lifted up. He goes, that is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Now, why would he say that? Well, let me just give you an overview of what's happening in chapter 16. Lydia, and this is what I call number one, was just a quiet conversion. The Lord opened her heart. And then later on in the chapter, we'll study this next week, you have just the antithesis of the quiet, mild, down by the riverside, mm-hmm, bound by the riverside. It's just quiet and serene and calm, and people are being saved and baptized. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then the next thing you know, there's a demonic, possessed girl, and she is following Paul, and she's aggravating them and agitating them. And Paul turns around and, boom, rebukes the demon Next thing you know, they're put in prison. Y'all with me? The Philippian jailer, he's about to commit suicide because the doors are flung open. Can y'all, are y'all just with me? I mean, earthquakes, things are happening. And it all goes from this quiet, mild conversion to the antithesis of that. You got the demon possessed. You got the jailer's about to kill himself. And all the prison doors are open wide. Earthquake is shattering. Paul and Silas are in there doing what? They're praising God. They're singing songs of praise to the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm not that spiritual. If those doors are flung, I'm out of there. Y'all with me? I'm telling you, I'm just running, Lord. Bless them, Lord, but I'm out of prison. Not Paul, not Silas. They're like, hey, God's got this. God's in control. You, you may be here today and may find yourself in a very precarious or difficult situation. And you, your, your temptation may be mine to go, Oh, man, I got to flee. I got to get out of this. I, I got to get relief. I got to get out. And Paul and Simon said, don't do that. God's got you right where, you know, I was reading my quiet time just this mo- morning in Proverbs. Uh, chapter 4 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring uh, the issues of life. Um, ponder the path of your, of your feet. Don't turn to the right or the left. Let your steps be established. Just keep focused on the Lord. Keep being faithful to the Lord and watch what what the Lord will do. Okay, well, let's get back into this text. I couldn't wait to get back here today and to share. Picking up in verse 12, we looked at that last time about Philippi, this being a historic uh, city named after Philip of Macedon, which was Alexander the Great's father. It's a self-governing city exempt from taxation and the inhabitants could even own their own land. Rome gave this uh, privilege to Philippi, and they took full advantage of it. 
We talked last time about this is where Mark Antony and Augustus defeated Brutus and Cassius who murdered Caesar, uh, Julius Caesar. So much history, right? So much going on here uh, in this text. And one of the last things I shared with you last week was a quote uh, from Chuck Swindoll who made a really interesting observation when he said, this city of Philippi was not a hub of, of Jewish monotheism or Judaism. And what he meant by that was there were not even 10 Jewish males. And that was the prerequisite. You had to have 10 Jewish males in order to start your Jewish synagogue. They didn't have that. You say, well, how do you know they didn't have it? Because they had to go to the riverside. And it was custom that, and Paul knew this, that if there were Jews, and they, even that they didn't have a synagogue, there may be a small group of them, but we know where to find them. They will be on the Sabbath. They will be somewhere near a body of water. And we were there in 2004, and, and we were all excited going, ooh, ooh, where's the water? Where's the water that Lydia was being baptized? And I was just thinking, this is going to be amazing. There's going to be this massive flowing body of water, this river, and it's going to be great. And I'm telling you all, I'm not exaggerating. That was the smallest little piece of, of water I'd ever seen. And, and the historians and the archaeologists and the people were giving us the tour. And it was just one of those moments where he pointed to the water, and he goes, this is it. And I just had this solemn, just the spiritual moment come over me. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm literally looking because there's not a lot of water and there's not a lot of places to be baptized in Philippi. So it had to be, I think I'm pronouncing it right, the Gershites River. And there she was. And that's where she would have been baptized in Philippi on Paul's second missionary journey, somewhere between AD 49 and 52 and as y'all know, we had planned to go in 2020, and people have been asking me, are we going to try to do that again? And my first reaction is, yes, I, I would love to take a, a group of us back to retrace Paul's second uh, missionary journey. I'm talking about Corinth and Athens and Thessaloniki and Philippi, and you, you, you go to Patmos where John wrote the book of Revelation. We, we hope to be able to do that again. And Ashley, we're, we're just going to go. My wife has been after me to be able to go. She didn't go on this trip in 2004. And the reason she didn't is because she stayed home and she was packing because we were literally moving. I know I'm a terrible husband. Y'all quit looking at me like that. I know I'm retracing Paul's journey and Ashley's back with the kids and she's, she's packing up. But next time, dear, we're going. All right, so here we are in verse 13. This is where we left off last time. And there on the Sabbath day, they have gone to uh, meet, see if they could find anybody that they could talk to to pray with. I thought of Henry Blackaby's principle, right? Find out. You know, find out where the Spirit of God is working. And then do what? Resist Him or what? Just join Him. Just join in with Him. And, and it's a beautiful spiritual principle today. If you're like me and you're very excited, you want to share the gospel with somebody or you want to make a difference in this life that God has given us, I promise you, if you will open your eyes and just be open to the Spirit of God, He will bring people in your path. Sometimes I'm boneheaded, and I miss the opportunity. I'm like, oh, and it usually occurs afterward. And it almost happened to me uh, the other day at the golf course. When I got to play uh, golf, we had a good time, didn't we, Evan? Woohoo! playing golf, first time I got to play with Evan. And uh, Evan's dad was on the base there, and he did a fantastic job. God bless you, and thank you for 
Okay, squirrel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so we, I went in and, you know, paid, paid my money and I went out to, and as I was walking out, it's like the Holy Spirit's like, go back. I was like, what? And there was nobody in the clubhouse. There was two ladies there and uh, they were working. And so I said, is that the devil telling me to go back and share Jesus and invite them to Great Hills Baptist Church? Y'all help me out. Negative. So I went into the clubhouse. I went back in there. Like, oh, and, and the lady, I remember she just looked at me. She goes, oh, is there something wrong? Can I help you? I said, no, there's nothing wrong. And I take out my Great Hills Baptist Church cards, kid you not, and I gave her one, and I gave this lady the, the, the other one, and I said, I'm sorry, I should have invited y'all earlier, but I got so excited about going out there and playing golf, and I just want you to know y'all are welcome to come to our church, and if you're working on a Sunday, uh, you can check us out online. We'll show the services later on in the week, and their response was golden. I mean, they both just lit up, and they were just so, they were smiling, you know, because I noticed the lady that had helped the guy before, he wasn't very happy, all right? Y'all know when you deal with customer relations, you deal with some unhappy people, right? Can I get a witness? Amen. There's some unhappy people out there. And so when you and I just come along, and maybe the Spirit of God had just led me, and I could encourage them and invite them to church. That's what Paul's doing here. Now, he sees a group of people. And so he goes, and they have prayer together. And he begins to share the gospel with them. Paul is very much unlike the Pharisees. The Pharisees would never do anything like Paul had just done. And here's the problem. You did not speak to women because women, and I'm going to give you a quote here, and I totally disagree with this quote, but here's the quote. It goes like this. The common Pharisaical prayer went like this. Thank you, God, that you did not make me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. Amen. Oh, my. That's horrible, isn't it? And that was the typical Pharisaical prayer. Thank you, God. You hear the pious, you know, the, the pomp and the circle. Thank you, God, that I'm a male Pharisee and I'm not like the Gentiles and the slaves and the, and the lesser gender, the women. I praise. Let me, let me tell you something about that. That's not of God. That is not of God at all. Let me tell you what is of God. Let me read this verse to you. Here it comes. Galatians 3, 28. Y'all ready? Y'all have it up there? Oh, goodness. Let me, let me find it. He said, well, don't you have it memorized? Sorry, I don't have it all memorized. Galatians 3, 28. Come on, fingers work. Okay, there it is. Whew. Oh, I'm there, but there. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor for why all these, these demarcations, these dichotomies. Why are you posing? Why are you doing that? There ain't no Jew, no Greek, no slave nor free. There's no male nor female. For you are all what? One in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So verse 14, Luke, he says, um, let me tell you about Lydia. Uh, she listened to us. Uh, she heard us. Um, in order to respond to Christ, you have to hear Christ, right? You have to, you have to listen. You have to process it. You, you have to be open to receive the truth of God, and Lydia was. She was a businesswoman, a seller of purple. Now, what does that mean? Uh, purple, they're talking about the purple dye D-Y-E, that was extracted from the matter root or shellfish. That was her occupation. 
Somehow, they had perfected this. Uh, you could extract that dye from those two sources, and then you would put it on cloth and linen, and, and it would decorate it, make it of this beautiful embroidered uh, purple linen garment, if you will. And by the way, they did that in Macedonia up until the 19th century. That's how they processed the purple dye, the matter root, or the shellfish. It wasn't, they didn't start using chemicals until the 19th century. She was a businesswoman, and I think she was quite successful. She was from Thyatira. Isn't that cool? Thyatira is one of those seven cities of Asia Minor. Y'all with me? She's on a business trip. If you do the math and you look at the geography, why don't we do that? That would be just the coolest thing. Do y'all have that map up there? We'll, we'll check this map out when it pops up on the screen. Okay, here it is. Let me find my phone. Yes. Yes. Look at that. Isn't that cool? All right, let me, let me find out where I am here. Okay. So, y'all see Thyatira? That's where she's from. By the way, Thyatira is located in the kingdom of... Y'all going to love this. This whole region here is referred to as the Lydian kingdom. Isn't that cool? So she's named after the very kingdom in which she resided, the Lydian kingdom of Thyatira. This is, this is the city. This is one, uh, there's Ephesus and uh, Sardis and Laodicea, and you'll, you'll, you'll see the, all those seven cities in this postal route here. But check this out. She is from here. You've got to go to Troas you got to sail past Samothrace. you got to go three days up to Neapolis, and then you get to Philippi. Somebody help me. This woman is a businesswoman. She's traveling. And, um, and, and somehow she's traveling with her whole family. And they make their way over here. And it's so cool how God just shows up in unexpected people and unexpected places. That's just how the Lord works. I guarantee you that morning when Lydia woke up, she probably had the world on her mind. She probably had everything going on in her processing and her business and her HR and her product and, and, and shipment and manufacturing. She's got all of these things going on in her mind, but she had the wherewithal to go to the riverside and to honor the Sabbath. I don't think she's a Jew. I think she's a God-fearer. Uh, remember, you had the proselytes, the God-fearers, the Jews, and the Gentiles. That was about it. And so she makes her way down to the riverside, and I think most serendipitously and most unexpectedly, God shows up in a preacher, in a man on a mission, and he has the courage and the wherewithal and the filling of the Holy Spirit not to miss an opportunity. And he shared the gospel with her. And she's saved, and she's baptized. And she says, look, I want to serve the, the Lord. I love 1 Peter 1, 23, when it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. What a testimony. The Lord uh, opened her heart. I, I was talking about this last week, and and I want to say this again. I, I, was, I shared this quote with, with somebody again the other day. You and I cannot do that. We don't have the power to open a person's heart. 
Uh, we, we can speak words of life. We can speak uh, the gospel, right? And we can share with people that God loves you. Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He arose from the dead. He stands at your heart's door, and he knocks on your door because he wants to come into your life. He wants to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all wickedness and immorality, give you a, a fresh start, a clean slate, fill you with his spirit, empower you to walk with God, walk with Christ all the way into heaven. Look, you and I can share that, but we can't make that decision for anybody. We, we can't even make that decision for our children or for our spouses or for our parents or our grandparents. No, we can't do And I said last week, we have about as much power to convert somebody as we do to create a star, right? We, we just don't have that capability. Man, but I'm thinking, I know a man who can, right? I can't save you, but I know somebody who can, and his name is, somebody please help me, it's Jesus. That's right, and that's what Paul's doing down by the riverside. He's just, he's talking to Lydia. He's witnessing to her. Can y'all see it? I can see her eyes. I can see her tilt her head. I can see her, I can see her move to the side and lean in just, just a little bit more. And the Holy Spirit of God is revealed to her, and she opens her heart. The Lord opens her heart, and she receives the things of God, and she's born. She's born again. She listened believed, and commingling in that repentance and faith is God just working and opening her heart. Now watch this. She's baptized, and then she has this deep desire uh, to serve, to serve the Lord. In fact, Luke says she begged us uh, to stay, stay in our house. And I said this last time, I'll say it again. I, I know you can see the fruit, you know, you can't you can't really see what's on the inside of a person, but you can see the fruit. You can see it manifest in their life. And this woman has gone from a very successful businesswoman, probably very preoccupied with money and making money and providing for her family and probably her whole household and probably associates and so forth and so on. And yet in that moment in time, she's saved. She surrenders her heart to the Lord, and here's what she does. She gets baptized, and then she goes a step further, and she goes, I want to serve you, and I want you, men of God, come to my house. I'm not asking. I'm not asking. You come to my house, and I want to provide for you. I want to bless you. I want to honor you because you have given me the pearl of great treasure, of price. You have shared with me the gospel. It's changed my life. It's changed my kids. It's changed my family, and I want to honor you. You got to stay. And watch this. Ooh, this is good. This is good. Couldn't wait to share this with you. Watch this. And the Bible says, and she persuaded us. That is the same Greek word used in the Gospel of Luke 24, 29. Y'all ready? Here it comes. On the road to Emmaus, with Jesus is walking with the disciples, and they're all discouraged, like some of you are today. And you just need a word of encouragement. And Jesus, like Paul, they're the bearers of encouragement. And Jesus is telling with these two old guys, these two young guys, you know, he says, hey, guys, you, you, you know what Moses said about the Son of God? And, and Jesus preaches Jesus from the Old Testament. And those guys are like, man, our hearts were burning. Man, we were listening. Who is this guy? And Jesus was going to go on. And they were like, no, 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 no. And they 
persuaded. They, same word, they constrained him. Do do y'all feel the intensity of that? And did you hear the loudness of that? But anyhow, did you feel the intensity of of that? No, 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 no. It's not just, hey, um, we're going to have a meal. Y'all want to? You got nothing else better to do? Why don't y'all come on over? No, 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 not that. Oh, no, you guys got to come. I constrain you. I persuade you with all that is in me. You come and let me let me serve you. Generosity. I, I just love that word. I, I see it in Lydia. Now watch this. You'll see it in the whole Philippian church. Let me share this scripture with you. It's Philippians 4, 15. Now you Philippians, y'all with me? The Apostle Paul, just go forward just a couple of years. He's going to write the letter to the church at Philippi. Who was the first convert to Jesus I don't know if she went back to Thyatira. Who knows? She may have just stayed in Philippi. It's Lydia. And and notice that this church has this reputation of generosity. Now, you Philippians know. You know also that in the beginning of the gospel, all right, this is this journey, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me like you. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. Can I submit to you, that church was a church of generosity, and I think that church took on the personality of one of its leading, founding members, Lydia, who just loved to give. You say, well, what are you talking about, Brother Dan? Are you talking about like give of their, you know, give of their time and encouragement? Nope. I'm talking about give, like you give your money and you, you give your resources and you say, here, Paul, man, you take this and use it for the gospel. And Paul said, look, Philippians, nobody did that quite like you. I got, I got something I got to share with you. Okay. This is the Southern Baptist Texan magazine. You say, I didn't even know these things existed. Well, they do. And they come out about every month, and they're really good, and they're free to anybody that wants one, Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist Church. We get a bunch of them. All of our staff get them. Months ago, I did an interview for the lady who lives in Nashville who writes for the Texan, and, and, and I said, what's this interview about? She said, I just want to talk to you. I just want to talk to you about your church and tell us what's going on at Great Hills Baptist Church. I said, well, come on. I can do that. When do you want to meet? She said, I'll call you. She did. She talked to me for about an hour. I had no idea that this two pages was going to be dedicated to Great Hills Baptist Church. He said, well, you're just up there bragging on you. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I, I am just bragging on our church. I think this is a glorious, glorious thing. And it says, culture of generosity marks Great Hills in Austin. And it's got pictures of our people, you. There's Matthew Baca. He's stuffing something with something. Let me look at it. He's making these gift bags for the pandemic. Matt Baca, where are you? Are you here? His birthday is today, July the 4th. God bless you. Happy birthday, Baca. That's cool. And there's Randy Gordon. Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin is a long-time mission-supporting congregation. An example is leading Vacation Bible School in Panama. Where's Randy? Is he here? Hey, man, isn't that cool? 
There you are. Let's see what else I can find. Members of Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin serve faithfully, including picking up trash on an adopted city street. There's Sal and the twins, the Hogan twins. And they said, well, Brother Danny, you're just excited. Yes, I am. I just think that's, I just think that's beautiful. You said, well, you got any more? Yes, I got one more. At Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, the members take care of one another. Uh, for instance, they write notes to those who are homebound. And there's Lori Engel. And there is, oh, goodness, I can't hardly, there's a bunch of y'all. Pearl, there's a whole bunch of y'all. Look, you don't write articles like that unless you have a church like this, who last Sunday, a gentleman, Macedonia, stood right here. And you gave $21,500. I think I ought to call her up and tell her that story. Maybe they'll do another article on us. No, serious, I didn't ask for them to write that article. Uh, they, they contacted me. And it's interesting that they were going to base the article on whatever I talked about you. And that's the thing that they captured was this church is a church of I would say it's like Philippi. It's a church of generosity. And I'm so grateful to God for that. Some of you folks have been around like me for a few years, and you know it's, it, it hasn't been always the easiest because we've, we've had a lot of debt. And uh, because, praise God, we were able to eliminate the debt and go from about $7 million in debt to $2 million in, in cash, which is only attributable to, uh, to the Lord. And I praise God for, for, for that. And, oh, I got a bunch of other stuff I could talk about, but I'm not. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop. In fact, y'all got to come back next week because I got a story that's going to make your toenails curl. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's one of those stories that you're like, that's impossible. But it happened. I began the sermon with juxtaposing the quiet, the solitude down by the riverside with what? The dramatic, the extreme. Next week, I'm going to tell you one of the most dramatic, extreme stories of conversion that you've ever heard. This was highlighted at the Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville just three weeks ago. We stood there. I had never heard the story. And they showed the video, and then the gentleman that they talked about who did this walked out on the stage, and our, the whole convention went ballistic because you just don't hear things like this unless God is doing miraculous things. So that's next week, all right? That's July the 11th. Guess what else is happening July the 11th? We get to ordain our son to the gospel ministry, and I'm very excited about that. So... Praise the Lord. Layton, proud of you. And Sunday night, 6 o'clock, we're going to, uh, you know, Jeff is funny. I was saying, well, Layton, you picked out your songs yet? Because I told him, I said, Layton, you get, you get two songs. I'll preach a charge. He said, Dad, do I have to just limit it to two? And I, <laughs> that's typical Layton. I love Layton. You know, let's think about this. Think outside the box a little bit. I said, okay, let's do three. Y'all have a good time. I know it's going to be fun. Come up with three songs. I'm excited for y'all, Danielle. I know when you married Lane, you, didn't, you knew 
God's hand was on him, but you didn't know he'd be a pastor, right? that pretty cool? Some of y'all may be married to somebody, and I remember one of my friends, his wife, she said, I didn't sign up for that. That's what she said. She said, I didn't sign up for that. He's surrendering to the ministry. But now that guy pastors one of the fastest growing churches in America, in Nevada, in Las Vegas, Nevada, Vance Pittman. You know, I, I, I just... I just love when God does the unexpected. And I wonder if God's going to do something unexpected here today. Maybe you're traveling out of town. You're on the 4th of July. Saturday. I got that song in my, in the park. And you think, man, this is, this is unexpected. God has, God has spoken to me. He's spoken to me about being generous. He's spoken to me about opening my heart and opening my hands. Maybe you're here today, and just like Lydia, you would say, I I surrender my life to Christ. And for the very first time, I become a follower of Jesus. I'm going to follow the Mootville family. I'm going to go right into the baptistry. Now watch this. Here it comes. Salvation, baptism, and serve, service. So let's pray together. It's 12 o'clock, and we'll have our invitation. We've got men and women of God who are going to join me up here at the altar. We're going to pray together, and we're going to extend this call of salvation to you. To you, those of you listening online, God bless you. Look, you're, you're a part of us. We, <clears throat> we're glad that you're listening, and we want you to feel welcome. We, we want you to know even this Discover Great Hills new members class uh, some of you will want to tune into that virtually, and you can. And we invite you to. We welcome you to. Others here in Austin, you'll want to come next Sunday, 930, and we'll have our class where we talk to you about what it means to become a member of Great Hills, how you can serve, how you can be generous, get involved in something God is doing, something unique that God is doing. So, Lord, thank you for each person that is here today. Thank you for the time of praise and worship. Thank you for the time of celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country in all the world. And we got amazing people like Adamir who's come to our country and he's a citizen. And and, and our country is just so blessed because of people like Adamir. And God, we thank you for these United States of America. And we're grateful for the freedom to worship you. But most of all, Lord, this is all about you. This is your day. Every day is yours, but this time we corporately, collectively, publicly worship the King of Kings who continues to open hearts, change minds, redirect families. Are you here today, friend? Your head is bowed, your eyes closed. Mom, lady, Lydia, are you here? So would you give your life to Christ today? Do you feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit opening your heart, sir? Just surrender to His will and say, Lord, I don't really know what all is going on here, but I'm in. And I surrender my life to Christ. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. And come on in. (laughs) Come on in. Come in today. Change my life, oh God. I need you. I need you. If you prayed that prayer, if that's the desire of your heart, oh, friend, I've got wonderful news for you. Here it is. God is with you. He loves you. He's dealing with you in salvation. It's a beautiful thing. 
It's convicting, yes, but it's also incredibly assuring. So as you surrender your life to the Lord, let us encourage you in your walk with God, in baptism and joining our church and standing for Christ and being a, a witness for Him. Lord, thank you for this invitation. We're praying, God, that even today, people would take a public stand for you and that we would rejoice with those, Lord, who are coming to faith in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray.